and pro. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. Whether you like it or not, we are about to face, if you're not aware of it already, the most difficult days in the history of humankind. And if we're not prepared, we're going to be swept away. And that goes for Christians as well as non-Christians. Unless we're ready... Awakened from our sleep, we're not going to be able to engage fully in the ministry and spiritual warfare that God has for us. The church, in her current state, that is, we Christians, are not ready for the end times or the return of Jesus. We've been paralyzed with fear of what human beings may do to us, even though we're warned in the Scripture not to be concerned about what others can do to us. What can man do unto you, the Scripture says? On the other hand, we are not strong in the Lord and in the power of his might in this most crucial moment of human history. So if we're not prepared, we're going to falter or even worse, reject our faith and succumb to the world system and the worship of the coming counterfeit Christ, the Antichrist. And whether you know it or not, we are at war and there's no neutral ground, no neutral ground. Ground And here on Viewpoint, we say regularly, Viewpoint determines destiny. There are no neutral viewpoints. Our viewpoint does determine destiny as it relates to these issues. And God has called us to prepare for what is surely to come and become end-time warriors for God. We must be prepared. And so today on Viewpoint, we have a very, very special treat for you. We are joined by Colonel David Jamona and his co-author, Troy Anderson, working together. They have put together a fantastic book called The Military Guide to Armageddon. The Military Guide to Armageddon, Battle-Tested Strategies to Prepare Your Life and Soul for the End Times. And so, without any further ado, we want to welcome... Colonel Jamona and Troy Anderson to the program. Gentlemen, it's good to have you. Hey, it's great to be with you today, and we look forward to a great show. Well, this is a wonderful treat, and uh, as I indicated to you as a good trial attorney for 20 years there in Southern California, uh, I always come to these programs prepared, and I have prepared by... Uh, allowing myself to be enmeshed in not only the letter of your book, but the spirit of your book, which is so essential for this moment in time that it gives me great pleasure, actually, to be able to join with you in this endeavor here today. And uh, so, first of all, as a good trial lawyer bringing uh, expert witnesses on, it's necessary for me to qualify the witnesses, so, uh, Colonel, uh, Jamona, uh, give us your, a little bit of your background uh, quickly, if you can. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, and You know, to prepare for a book like this, it took 32 years of uh, military service. I believe it. And several, de- yeah, several degrees. I have a Master's of Divinity, a Master's of Counseling, and a Master's of Strategic uh, Studies from the Army War College. With all that, plus or being ordained, being in the Church, being a part of the military, 
all, God has used all of that to put together this really strategic book for the end time. Well, I believe it is a strategic book, and uh, that's why I'm so uh, excited about it. As I've indicated to you, my most recent book is uh, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. And, of course, you're revealing in your book that he is coming and uh, that the church is not prepared. And so, Troy... Uh, you are a veteran journalist. Give it a little. Give us a little bit of uh, your trajectory uh, there in the journalistic field. Yeah, Chuck, it's a great honor to be back on your show. Uh, I've, I've been a journalist for three decades. I worked at the Los Angeles Daily News for many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was nominated for a Pulitzer Prize at one point. Uh, I was executive editor of uh, Chrisma Magazine. It's a large uh, Christian publication. I'm now senior editor of uh, Godspeed Magazine. And I've written, uh, for the last decade, I've been investigating this top, topic. Are we really moving into these end-time events the Bible talks about? And I've written, now written, uh, co-written three books, The Babylon Code, Trumpocalypse, and now The Military Guide to Armageddon. And it's, you know, part of this continuing investigation into uh, Bible prophecy. Well, I want you gentlemen to know that I don't want you to promote your book. Uh, Abraham Lincoln said, He who represents himself has a fool for a client. And I don't want you to be a fool before our listeners here today. So uh, let's have a deal. I'll promote your book for you. How's that? Sounds great. (laughs) Okay. Over the past 3,400 years, mankind has experienced only 268 years of peace, just 8% of recorded history, believe it or not. Historians are unsure of the actual number of people killed in war, but some estimate it's up to 1 billion people. That would be about one-eighth of the entire population of the world today. Uh, Physical battles, they're taking place every day on the planet, actually. But there's an unseen conflict. What's really at the heart of what we're talking about here today and what we're seeing in the world. And those of you who have been listening to this program know, even though we discuss all of the issues of our time that you can hear about on the various news media, we realize that the foundation, the driving force for these things, is not physical, it's not political, it's spiritual. So we can throw up our hands and give up, or we can arm ourselves spiritually for the battle, because, as the authors today are telling us, the war that we're facing is of the greatest magnitude ever in human history. And I agree with that. Uh, what would be your assessment, uh, Colonel, uh, to bring you to that conclusion? Well, I'm a big picture person, and you know, we look at different uh, things going on today in the political realm, as you mentioned, in governmental realm, educational realm, all these things. We think those are the issues, those are the problems, mm-hmm. the gender, you know, all these things. But people don't see the big picture. And right. the fact of the matter is, um, we say we're at war because in the beginning, you know, Satan fell from heaven uh, even before, we believe, before the fall. And we have Adam and Eve fall and fell in, in the Garden of Eden. And ever since then, we have been at war. There, and it has been no middle ground. You're either on God's side or you're on the, on the side of Satan. And so this war has con- continued through physical war spiritual war, emotional, you name it, all the different levels of war there is, gender wars, 
political wars, all that. And we think it's mankind, but it's much bigger than that. Much and bigger than that. Big, yeah, we have to see the big picture. Absolutely. And, uh, Troy, I'm thinking back about 10 years ago, uh, my longtime friend, Dr. James Dobson, uh, founder of Focus on the Family and now Family Talk, uh, joined me on the air on the floor of the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. And we were talking, and he made a statement that really shocked me that he would make such a statement because he was seen as one of the ultimate culture warriors of our time. He said, Chuck, we have lost the culture wars. We have lost the culture wars. And that was 10 years ago. Let's pick up on that after this break. Friends, we're talking with Colonel David Jimona and uh, veteran journalist Troy Anderson concerning the book The Military Guide to Armageddon. We'll make it available to you right after this break. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chrismar, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. As we're confronting the deepest issues of America's heart and home from God's eternal perspective, I hope you don't forget that and uh, that you are joining with us, becoming a partner with us uh, as necessary because uh, the warfare is becoming more and more difficult, stronger and stronger, meaning that it's becoming ever more difficult to underwrite and finance a program that is confronting the deepest issues of our hearts and homes from God's eternal perspective, not from the government's perspective, not from political perspective, not from economic perspective, but from God's perspective. And therein lies our problem when we consider the culture wars. When Dr. James Dobson told me 10 years ago that we had lost the culture wars, and here he was, a consummate culture warrior, that really... I, I knew that that was the case, but to hear him admit it was unbelievable. So, how is it that we could have lost the culture wars, and if so, what kind of warfare are we really in today? Troy, give us your take. Yeah, I think what's happened is, you know, for, for decades now, the, the church is largely disengaged from culture, from, from politics, from media, you know, from Hollywood, from you know, different, you know, education. And so we've sort of moved into the subculture. And as we did this, this gave the enemy a gigantic foothold in our country. And now we're watching sort of the, the fruit of this uh, c- coming to pass with this, this wholesale transformation of our society. Well, one of the things that I've noticed, uh, <clears throat> Troy, is that within God's own house, we have our own problems. We are our own culture war problems that we refuse to face absolutely refuse to face. We'll focus on the homosexual community. We'll focus on liberal politics. We'll focus on all these things. But when it comes to, say, divorce, we have become one of the leaders in breaking down the family and have for 25, 30 years now. So we're not aware that the very same war that we thought we were fighting against them was actually being won against us 
right in God's own house. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is very true, too, that, you know, many of the same problems that we see in culture also in the Church. There's been a, you know, a, a moral weakening of the Church, and I believe this is all a, a strategy of the enemy to, you know, try to weaken the Church, weaken the, the faith of believers. And so so now, you know, this poll just came out and said that something like over 60% of people in the Church hold various New Age and occult beliefs. And mm-hmm. so there's sort of a, a syncretism that's going on. People believe, all, you know, many paths lead to heaven, but only, like, you know, 6% of, of people in church actually have a, a biblical worldview anymore. Right. And that that's absolutely right. And uh, it's fascinating because what that does is lay the foundation for a counterfeit Messiah. Uh, in fact, the growing trend of the melding of the religions around the world is that you yourself become the Messiah. It's fascinating to watch what's happening in the me, me, me generation and so the spiritual warfare is immense, and uh, Colonel, it seems to me that we don't even know the enemy. We don't recognize the enemy, and we don't even recognize that reality. We're in a no-holds-barred war for the very soul of our people. Oh, that is absolutely right on. Um, you know, in the military, if you don't know the enemy, you're going to lose the battle every time. Well, in the church, we don't know the enemy, uh, and we're fearful. Uh, fear has played a big part among pastors that I've talked to around the nation. Mm-hmm. They don't want to confront the truth, and so it's weakened the church. So time to man up, and it's time to go to war on a spiritual level that uh, we've never been before. One of the things about boot camp, and I, I've never been in the military myself, but I can well understand the nature of uh, boot camp uh, and why it's necessary but it seems to me that the way professing Christians are so-called received into the church today involves no boot camp experience. In fact, it's all about feelings. It's not about faith at all. It's about feelings. And uh, so faith, the faith once uh, delivered to the saints, has taken short shrift in the face of the lordship of feelings today. And that's why there's no courage. And as the famous philosopher Gady once said, courage lost, all lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And, and so we're making converts in the church. Mm-hmm. We've been doing that for many, many years, but we're not making disciples, as exactly. Jesus said. So that's why the church is in the state it is right now. So discipleship actually should be like military boot camp, shouldn't it? Well, absolutely. You know, in boot camp, you learned to make your bed every morning, and you learned the small things. Yeah. You, you learn the small things of life, and you think, what does that have to do with war? It has everything to do with war, because if you can't excel the small things and you discipline the small, how are you going to excel when it really the shooting starts? So that's the whole philosophy of boot camp, and should be the philosophy of our churches as well. It absolutely should be, and yet pastors are afraid. They're more interested in building numbers in their church than they are in building serious followers of Jesus Christ, warriors for the faith, Troy. Yeah, I mean, you know, for decades now, I think this, you know, when I was when I was young, you know, my youth pastor gave me a copy of the late great planet Earth, how mm-hmm. Lindsay's you know, right. famous book is the best-selling book of the 19th Well, now, wait a minute. You're actually revealing your age. Did you know that? 
Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I, was, I was only 11 then, but uh, uh-huh. I, just, I just remember reading that book and just fascinated Bible prophecy, and uh, and then there was all this excitement about the return of the Lord in the sort of late 1970s, early 80s during the Jesus movement. Right. And then this this book came out, uh, 88 Reasons Why Jesus Would Return in 1988. And that blew and everybody course, away. Yeah, it blew everybody away, and it, it, I think it sold, it sold hundreds of thousands, if not millions of copies. And then, of course, you know, Christ did not return. So there's, right. there's been all these date predictions False over the prophecy. last 2,000 years. Mm-hmm. They've all been wrong. And so I think after that, the church, church sort of largely shied away from Bible prophecy, even as all this stuff was really happening. And here we are, you know, three decades later. Now Now there's a recent LifeWay poll that says 9 in 10 pastors now see signs of the end times and current events. And yet, you know, very a very small percentage of the church is talking about this. So right. I think this, you know, the colonel's point this out, this sort of a strategy of the enemy to lull us to sleep, and that's where we find ourselves now. About 15 years ago, I was asked to speak uh, to a group of men uh, in a local congregation in the birth city of America, Richmond, Virginia. And uh, I spoke on the side, I had half an hour, and I spoke on the subject, the then-time church, the now-time church, and the end-time church. Within 10 minutes, I began to get cat calls from the men. I've never experienced anything like that before, and I've spoken all over the country. By the time I was into 15 minutes, the cat calls had, had, had accelerated to where it was almost impossible for me to speak. They were mocking and cat calling and so on. So when I finished, not one person came up to me. It was the strangest experience except for one. One person came up, and he identified himself as the pastor. I thought, you've got to be kidding me. The pastor was here all this time, and here's what he said. You noticed that the men were not all that interested in what you had to say. He said, the reason is because we don't talk about the end times. We don't talk about the coming of Christ because we don't want people to be afraid. We want people to love Jesus and not be afraid. That's what he said. What say you? Yeah, I mean, the if you go to a sort of a modern-day church, which I, I think is pretty common throughout the entire country and possibly around the world, it's it's all about, you know, how the church is, you know, the, the sermons are, are targeted for helping you with your, your success in life, your marriage, different problems you might have. It's all sort of focused on you and the blessings that God may give you and that kind of thing. And there's nothing about, you know, sin hell, the end times, Bible prophecy, anything controversial is now omitted. So essentially, the, these pastors are they're censoring a gigantic chunk of the Bible. If you read the Bible, you get the complete impression, you get the full picture of exactly. what you know, God's plan is. And by censoring this, it's, it's, it's some kind of you know, sin of omission in, in preaching, and it's, it's a big problem. It really is. Uh, some of the greatest deception that's taking place right now is not what people are saying, but what they're not saying. And uh, we need the whole picture. We need the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Friends, we're talking with uh, Colonel David Jamona and uh, Troy Anderson today concerning their latest book, The Military Guide to Armageddon, Battle-Tested Strategies to Prepare Your Life and Soul for the End Times. This is a very important book, a very important book to encourage us, to strengthen us, to prepare us, You ought to get a copy for your pastor, you ought to get a copy for your youth pastor, and you ought to get a copy for yourself, and moms and dads, and particularly dads and grandfathers, you need to have a copy, and you need to sit down with your grandchildren 
and go through it. That's what you need to do. That is what you need to do. Because if you're not taking affirmative action to prepare them, they are going to be swallowed up by what's coming. Just swallowed up. Take this seriously. Now, here is a wonderful book. It is uh, available to you on our website for $13. It's a $17 book, yours for $13 on our website, saveus.org. Saveus.org. You can give us a call at 1 800 Save USA. That's 1 800 Save USA. Or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia 23255. You're writing a check. At $5 for postage and handling, we'll get the book in your hands post-haste. All right, now, the Bible says that the rise of Antichrist will come about because of religious, financial, and social chaos, prompting humanity to clamor for a Savior or Messiah. No statement could have been more accurate. That is the foundation of uh, my last two books, and uh, certainly the foundation for this book. Uh, Colonel, what do you see happening as a veteran military uh, specialist concerning the religious, financial, and social chaos that is now converging on the world to pressure the people into receiving a counterfeit Christ? Well, all you have to do is go back 70 years to the end of World War II and look at World War II history. You can see history repeating itself. The mm-hmm. rise of Adolf Hitler happened in Germany because of the chaos, the confusion, economic upheaval, and all the things that were going on in the 20s and 30s. Hitler is a type of Antichrist. We look at him and we say, oh, wow, that was an interesting era. Mm-hmm. It's happening again, yes. only on a global scale now. And I, I've been interviewed many times just recent last two days. What's going on with Russia, with China, with North Korea? Uh, you know, the geopolitical turmoil in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Many of these things are happening, been predicted by the Bible. And so when the Antichrist rises in chapter 13, especially of Revelation, we see him coming into a chaos, you know, the, the water swirling and all these things happening on the planet. And people are going to be looking for answers that, that for someone to help them out of the mire, out of the misery. And right. So that's where we're headed towards. And that's what this book is about. You call it the Battle of the Ages. That's what we're up against, the Battle of the Ages. And uh, uh, a veteran military person such as yourself uh, should have some real insights into the nature of warfare, the nature of the battle, and uh, what Christians ought to be doing in order to be prepared. And I, I gather that's what your whole book is about. Oh, absolutely. I've been in war. I've been in combat in Iraq and Saudi and Afghanistan, Central America. And, uh, you know, I saw young men go into battle, mm-hmm. young Christian men, and their whole worldview was destroyed because they saw death, chaos, destruction. They didn't know what to do with it. They came back broken, uh, full of despair, and not believing in a, you know, a loving God because how could God let me go through all those things and still, you know, come back and so broken and losing friends, all these things? The reason we wrote the book is because the Church faces the same thing. You know, as we propel headfirst into the end times here, um, you know, people are going to start wondering, have they had the COVID? 
you know, and all the wars that are looming, how could God allow this to happen? And so we have to get prepared and change our theological view of mm-hmm. who God really is, why he's coming back to destroy the forces of evil. So we, you know, we talk about that throughout the entire book and how to prepare for that. Well, before the first coming of Christ, Troy, uh, God raised up a strange fellow called John the Baptist. And uh, he came preaching the, uh, the message of repentance. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven uh, is at hand. Then he passed the baton to Jesus. Jesus began to preach the message, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The baton was passed to the disciples, and they said, repent and believe the gospel. The same happened with uh, Paul. And then in the book of Revelation, seven times the message of repent, repent, repent. What do you think is the message for today if we're going to be spiritual warfares? After this break, give us your answer. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. What is the number one thing that God, the message that God would have for us as professing believers to prepare the way of the Lord for the battles that lie ahead? The number one message, Troy Anderson, co-author of the book, The Military Guide to Armageddon. What is that number one message, Troy? You know, as you pointed out from, you know, John the Baptist, you know, all the way through the Apostle Paul and, and the Apostle John, that the central message, and Jesus, of course, the central message is, is repent. Mm-hmm. And repent doesn't just mean apologize to God for our sins, but to, to turn from our sins, to do our best to, to live righteous lives. And, and this is something we we do is, is we, we one of the important things to walking in the, the supernatural power, protection, and provision of the Holy Spirit uh, as we move into the end-time events is is you'll you'll see an increase in God's essentially divine intervention in your in your life as you turn from your sins and overcome your sins and overcome temptation. So that's a a central theme of of the entire Bible and a central theme of, of you know of our message. And in fact, in, in my last book, we called for a national repentance. A friend of mine, Reverend Kevin Jessup, picked up the ball. He asked us to write the executive summary for this, and then it actually happened. A gigantic miracle, of God. It was called the Return National and Global Day of Prayer and Repentance. It took place September 26th on the National Mall. It was the first National Day of Repentance since the time of Abraham Lincoln and Woodrow Wilson. And about 100,000 people showed up. Millions watched it online. He said about a quarter million people gave their lives to Jesus. And now he's planning to return Israel, to return Europe, and to return Africa. So there's sort of a global repentance and revival movement going on now. And he sees Battle Ready Ministries, our ministry, 
uh, sort of as part of this. Well, we like to talk about spiritual warfare, Colonel, and uh, a lot of people talk about spiritual warfare, but when they do, it's almost like they're thinking in terms of demons flying around in the Neverland out there, uh, the netherworld, Uh, but as I look at it and have grown up in the church uh, from coast to coast and uh, been involved in ministry myself and then as a lawyer with 80% of my clientele coming from the broader body of Christ, I have noticed that about 80% of spiritual warfare is actually what goes on between our ears. What say you? No, I think you're exactly right. Now, spiritual warfare is multidimensional. Uh, it's in our hearts, in our you know, in our flesh. We're fighting on on so many levels here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have internal war going on. We have an external war war going on. Right. Where you know, Satan will use our loved ones or our relationships, and then we'll have conflict in there, and then at work, and you know, and on the job, and. So much more, and in the church, you want to you want to see spiritual warfare go on. Just walk into any church; mm-hmm. it's going on right now. Let alone in politics and government and the world, and you know all of that. So we have to look at spiritual warfare as a daily occurrence, not some demon behind behind a rock, right? But things that are happening every day, uh, almost every moment in our lives. As you know, Satan tries to corner; he wants to transform our mind into his thinking, and God wants us to transform us into his thinking. So exactly. It's, it's many multidimensional levels. And, Troy, the Apostle Paul said uh, that the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly or carnal, but are mighty through God to the tearing down of strongholds, bringing every one of our thoughts into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Uh, it seems to me we'll quote that passage, but don't quite get it. Yeah, I mean, you've hit on a very important passage about the, the, you know, the authority and power that God gives us as as His children and as His as His servants, as His warriors. Mm-hmm. That uh, you know, He's given us you know great great authority in, in spiritual realms, and so so it's very important. And this is what we we lay out is that as we become, as we grow in our faith, as we are our disciples, as we mature in our faith, as we as we pray, as we you know delve into the Bible, as we study the Word of God, as we fast, as we fellowship, all these different spiritual disciplines, this you you grow in your faith and can access this this power of the Holy Spirit to that to, to be victorious in these these spiritual battles that we face on mm-hmm. multiple levels, especially as we move into the end times and and things get you know far more difficult than we've had uh, for for most of our lives. I think uh, everybody wants to talk about moving into the end times. I think we're there. The question is where we are in the end times. <laughs> but the signs are upon us. And uh, if we're not prepared at this stage of the game, the deeper we go, the more difficult it's going to be pre- to be prepared. Uh, a soldier has to be prepared before he goes into battle, not get prepared when he's in the heat of the battle. Right, David? Yes. Well, you know, if I hand you a rifle today, let's go to war, and you have known nothing about that weapon, you're going to be killed, and you're probably going to have me killed as well, mm-hmm. because you don't know what you're doing. And so in the military, we train our soldiers every day to use their weapons. We train them in the doctrine. We train them in the use of it. We train them in every aspect of warfare. And it's in the church. It's the same principle. 
We have to know the doctrines of the Bible and understand what we stand on as foundation, how to use our weapons. All those things really are missing in the Church right now, and that's the reason Troy and I and you and many others are sounding the alarm. It's time to wake up, because if you're not, you're going to be swept away. No question about it. The Apostle Paul gave that warning, wake up! (laughs) Now, if we don't wake up, then we're going to be found virtual AWOL on the battlefield, and uh, we'll be subject to court-martial. Isn't that kind of what happens, uh, Colonel? Well, exactly You go to right. sleep I mean, on the job, you're supposed to be there, a sentry for God, and uh, you've gone to sleep on the job. You're AWOL. If you go to sleep on the job in the military and you have found out uh, that's some serious consequences going on, uh, you can be facing court-martial jail time, those kinds of things. Yeah. Well, you know, we're asleep on the job right now. The church is not sounding the alarm, but... Again, there's a few of us that are out there sounding alarm, and I think the Church is beginning the wake-up as we as we go forward. Yeah, beginning. The book, friends, The Military Guide to Armageddon, Battle-Tested Strategies to Prepare Your Life and Soul for the End Times. We're not going to be able to get into all the strategies here, but we're setting the stage for uh, the things that the book actually is going to direct you to, uh, to prepare uh, but we have to understand the need to prepare. If we don't understand the need to prepare, all of the directions of the book are going to be moot. That's one of the problems that we have, is people are uh, looking at life in a very Pollyanna way, uh, putting their hand over their eyes like a two-year-old saying, look, God, you can't see me, or saying, hear no evil, see no evil. You know, Even though we know that things are coming apart at the seams, We just don't want, as Americans, to admit it. The book, The Military Guide to Armageddon, Battle-Tested Strategies, and uh, it's yours for $13 on our website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org. Give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check, as we said, add $5 for postage and handling. So this book is a forewarning to prepare for the most cataclysmic and profound event in human history, the end of history, when everything described in the book of Revelation occurs. And we know that nobody knows the day or the hour except the Father, but Jesus told us to be ready to watch for the signs of his return. So, uh, Troy, are we seeing those signs? Yeah, I mean, over the last decade, I've interviewed over, you know, 200, uh, you know, different uh, experts, you know, major faith leaders, experts in geopolitics, theology, uh, intelligence, you know, military affairs, you you name it. On the faith side, you know, Billy Graham, I did an interview with him several years ago. He said that signs of the end of the age are converging for the first time since Jesus made those predictions. Mm -hmm. And then sort of a who's who of major faith leaders, Dr. Tim LaHaye, Hal Lindsey, Pastor Greg Laurie, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, on and on, all say that they believe we are at some late date in this in, in this whole process. But even more surprising, there's there's experts at uh, Existential Risk Institute at Harvard and Princeton and Oxford that I interviewed. Uh, Oxford releases an annual report on the top ten dangers facing the world. They talk about nuclear war, extreme climate change, artificial intelligence run amok, an asteroid strike, 
but they also talk about the possibility of a global totalitarian government. And with, you know, Klaus Schwab's at the World Economic Forum's announcement last summer of the, of the, the great reset of capitalism, right. um, we are now moving, the, the elite are pushing us into this, you know, their envisioned global, you know, one world socialist system or whatever, you know, that they have planned for sure. us. And so we, we are literally watching Bible prophecy unfolding before our eyes. No now. question about it. In fact, uh, uh, John Kerry said about two months ago that the election of Joe Biden opened the door to the Great Reset, which is a euphemism for the New World Order. Then, two weeks later, before the World Economic Forum, he said, and this is going to move much, much, much more quickly than anybody would ever imagine. That's where we are. And I don't think people really get it. They just don't get it. So, uh, David... Colonel David, life can be very much like a battlefield when you find yourself in the fog and don't understand what to do next. Uh, In the end times, the fog of war will increase. Life will become increasingly difficult, and decisions will be hard to make without the guidance of the Holy Spirit. But we can't hear the voice of the Holy Spirit if we're walking in disobedience, can we? That's exactly right. One of the great uh, tactics of the enemy is uh, noise, Mm -hmm. uh, distraction discouragement, and uh, it's everywhere. And in, when you go to war, it's, it's chaotic. It's not, you know, black and white. There's a lot of gray areas, and it's we call it the fog of war because chaos ensues in war. Well, we're in war now, uh, and we have been, but now it's increasingly, the pressure is increasing, and so the fog is everywhere, and people are listening to all kinds of theories, you know, they're listening to all kinds of things that are not true. Uh, deception is rampant. And so Christians really have to get back into the Word of God, the foundation, become battle-ready. Uh, there's, there's no time to lollygag anymore. This is, mm. you know, serious time that we live in. We're not students of the Word. We're not prepared. If we're not still and hear the voice of the, of the Holy Spirit in our lives and the direction that God's given us, We're not going to make it through uh, as God would want. There you go. Friends, we'll be right back with uh, Colonel David Gimona and Troy Anderson in just a moment. Stay tuned. The Military Guide to Armageddon. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by His Spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, Behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Real warriors envision victory before going into battle. They plan to win. And as professing Christians, we need that kind of mentality. But 
if we continue to live as if nothing's going to change and nothing's going to happen, then we're going to reap what we've sown. So we've got to live life on the cutting edge, preparing for the last days before the coming of the Lord. Now, we've had many warnings over the past many years. I'm thinking going back into the 1970s, uh, Bill and Gloria Gaither with the Gaither vocal band and so on, uh, their famous song, The King is Coming, The King is Coming, I Can Hear the Trumpet Sounding, and Round His Face I See the King is Coming. Or Andre Crouch, soon and very soon we're going to see the king. Soon and very soon we're going to see the king. Nice songs, but they haven't been taken to heart by God's people. Today, Colonel David Jamona and Troy Anderson are joining together to say, folks, it's time to wake up. It's time to take these things to heart. Now, I want to take us back to... uh, Corinthians chapter 10, where the Apostle Paul says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The thing that I did not quote in the previous section was casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That's what he said. The nature of our spiritual warfare is primarily casting down our own reasonings and thoughts and bringing into captivity every one of our thoughts, our ideas, to the obedience of Christ. That is what American Christians have been unwilling to do from pulpit to pew. We elevate our viewpoints over God's. We think that God just didn't know when he said, I hate divorce, that, well, you know, uh, he just didn't understand our times, or he doesn't understand my situation. Really, I thought he was omniscient, omnipresent, and so on. We just don't understand God anymore, do we? Creating one in our own image. And I want you to imagine Colonel, <clears throat> Colonel David Jamona joining us here on the program a veteran military man, and I want you to think about a soldier who decides that he doesn't agree, doesn't agree with what the general is saying or what his commander is saying, that he thinks there's a better way. Uh, He thinks that that wasn't as compassionate as it should have been, and so he decides that there's another way. What's going to happen to that soldier? if he acts on what he thinks rather than what his superior says. Well, you know, we see this in the movies all the time. You think of Rambo, you know, the renegade out there. Mm. You know, nothing can be farther from the truth. The Army's a team. We act like a team. We think like a team. Well, we're not going to win. And we follow, you know, when we raise our hand and swear allegiance to the Constitution and the officers appointed over us, we're swearing allegiance that we're going to obey every legal order, every lawful order. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. You uh, used a word. It's a four-letter word. Obey. Do you know that the most hated word in the church today is that word, obey? I've had many a pastor and parachurch leader on this program over the past several years who have admitted that. That means that as professing Christians, we're an insubordination against the captain of our salvation. 
How can we well, be prepared Chuck, for the second coming if that be the case? We don't understand. Uh, we Actually, we want to write a book about this, but we don't understand kingship and what the king really, uh, when he, the king in the old days uh, said something, uh, you obeyed it or your head came off. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not saying God's going to do that to you, but, you know, immediately. But we have to understand that our king, uh, our Lord, is commander-in-chief of the armies of heaven and earth. And so uh, it's not a matter of, of, of voting or democracy. We've westernized Christianity mm, yes. to the point where we think we have a vote. We don't have a vote, but we think we do. So the general doesn't come in to uh, those under him and say, hey, guys, uh, what do you think? Should we go over here? Should we go over there? Should we go over there? Uh, that just doesn't take place in the Army, does it? Or the no, Air Force or whatever. Yeah. Or in the Army, you know, it, discipline is everything. And so, uh, you know, general order uh, is put out, and if you disobey it, you're usually going to find yourself in one or two places out of the Army or in jail. So everybody knows this. Mm. Um, so there's very little of that going on. Well, did the general say this or that? It's all written down, by the way, all these orders. You can read it for yourself, just like the Bible. And uh, if you choose to not to obey it, then you're going to find yourself in a world of hurt. Well, no wonder that famous song, Trust and Obey, has fallen on such hard times in our generation. If we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. If we do his good will, he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. That concept just has fallen on very hard times in this feeling-oriented me, me, me culture, hasn't it, Troy? Yeah, I mean, this is one of the central messages of the Bible, is, is to obey the Lord. That is the most important thing. And as you read through the Bible, God lays out exactly what we're supposed to do as Christians, as believers. And so, yeah, as you point out, you know, the Church has largely lost this central, you know, instruction from our Commander-in-Chief. And, uh, and so, you know, part of our message is we want to encourage and inspire people to obey the Lord, to do the work that He has for us. I mean, there are literally billions of people who are lost on their way to hell, and we have billions of Christians. If we would simply obey the Lord and do what we're supposed to do, a lot of these people could be, you know, could be brought to faith in, in Christ. Well, it takes courage to obey orders, doesn't it, uh, Colonel? Yes. Uh, in in the heat of battle, it takes battle. courage to obey orders. That's exactly right. And when bullets are flying, uh, you don't take counsel of your fears. You do your duty as you were trained to do. But if you're not training every day, you're not, like in the Christian world, praying every day, seeking the Lord, reading the Bible, then you're not going to know what to do when actual fear starts, you know, really happening. When the mm-hmm. Antichrist rises to power and says, hey, I want you to worship me or I'm going to cut off your head. You know, those are the kind of things we need to prepare for now, not when it's happening. Well, Troy, isn't that exactly what's happening? Now we're being told that you're not going to be able to go to college or university if you have uh, don't have uh, uh, the vaccine. Uh, Then kids aren't going to be able to go to school uh, if they don't have the vaccine. Then parents are going to be threatened. Oh, you didn't have your child vaccinated. Uh, Then you your child needs to become a ward of the state. We're already right on the edge of this. Yeah, I mean, just over the last year, we've witnessed this complete transformation of American society mm-hmm. uh, with the loss of freedoms, with, with the lockdowns, with all the things we're seeing, the vaccine passports and all these things. Uh, I mean, just 
looking at this logically, this appears to be a very highly sophisticated strategy of the enemy mm. to, I mean, look at the closure of the church yeah. and, and the acqui- acquisition of the, or the acquiesce, you know, the church, you know, sort of, you know, bowing down to the state kind of thing. The same thing that happened in Nazi Germany before the rise of Hitler. This, this, the church sort of largely went yeah. along with the program. We're seeing the same thing happen today with the, with the church. And so, you know, the Bible talks about this mark of the beast, that you can't buy or sell whatever this is. Mm-hmm. And we have all kinds of, you know, microchip implants and artificial intelligence and electronic banking. And for the first time in history, all the technologies in place are to have this mark of the beast. And the Re- book of Revelation tells us if you take this and worship the beast, you will be, you know, cast into the lake of fire, ultimately. So this is an extremely serious situation that we're watching unfold right now. Indeed it is. And uh, a lot of people don't want to hear that. And one of the reasons they don't want to hear it is, and I'm going to bring up something that uh, for many is a sensitive theological issue, but the thinking among a massive number of American Christians today is, why should I be concerned all of this? this? This is irrelevant to me because my pastor said we're out of here anyway, so don't bother with it. What do you say, Troy? Yeah, I mean, you know, I was always taught that there's going to be a pre-tribulation rapture. I, I grew up in the Somebody's a God Church. Mm-hmm. But but there's there's controversy about this. There's there's different viewpoints. There's sort of a growing segment of, of Bible scholars that believe that maybe we'll go through the you know, the first half of the tribulation mm-hmm. or something of that nature. Only God knows exactly how this is going to play out. So it's only prudent and wise to be, to be prepared and ready in case... Absolutely. Think about it, Troy. There are more people, uh, statistics are telling us that there are more people uh, losing their lives for persecution for the faith today than ever before in history. Have they been raptured out of here? Yeah, that, that's a great point. If, if you look around the world... There is, you know, gigantic, terrible persecution of Christians going on in almost, you know, many countries of the world. People being crucified, beheaded, tortured. They lose their jobs. They starve to death. I mean, terrible things are happening. Here in America, we've had it easy for many decades now. But it's getting tougher and tougher, isn't it, Colonel? Yes, uh, absolutely. And uh, Troy is exactly right, and you are too. Uh, Persecution is happening around the world. Uh, and it's happening here in various forms right now, um, and it's just going to increase as time goes forward. It's it's uh, coming rapidly. Uh, you talked a bit about the fog of war, and it re- reminds me of a the uh, a poet, Robert Frost, who wrote a poem. T- and uh, what I remember from my schooling was, the fog comes in on little cat feet. The fog comes in on little cat feet. In other words, it comes in seeming gradually until all of a sudden you're enshrouded and then it's too late. You can't see straight. I've been involved in fogs like that when I was climbing Mount St. Helens and uh, just before it blew its stack and uh, got involved in a tremendous whiteout. We couldn't see anything. Couldn't see anything. Got involved in a bicycle uh, trip where we couldn't see anything at 7,000 feet there in Southern California. And uh, it's a scary place to be. Uh, We have to have vision when the vision is possible. Otherwise, we're going to get in a situation, I fear, Colonel, where we're not going to be able to see straight. Yeah, that's exactly right. I've been in actual fog and training, as I mentioned in the book, and 
I just told my driver, let's stop. We don't know what's happening. We don't know where we're going. And we just had to wait. And what I tell people all the time is in these kinds of times, the Bible says to be still and know that I am the Lord. We have to hear from the Lord, our commander-in-chief. He has to direct us, because if he doesn't, we're going to find ourselves in extreme circumstances that we don't want to be in if we're not listening to what the Spirit is saying to the Church and to us individually. Absolutely. And uh, as the Scripture says over and over again in Revelation chapters 2 and 3, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Also, he that hath eyes to see, let him see. Right, Troy? Yeah, yeah, that, that's one of the most important uh, scriptures in, in the book of Revelation. You know, Jesus, in addition to Revelation 3.20, you know, Jesus is standing at the door, he's knocking, uh, asking, you know, to come into our lives, to mm-hmm. take over our lives, and, to, uh, you know, so that's that's why we were, we felt so strongly about the, this message, is we want to encourage people to completely dedicate their lives to the Lord, to become warriors of God in the end times. I mean, we, we were living at the most if you look at it from a Christian perspective, the most exciting time in history, God has placed us here at this time. Right. Uh, as, as all these things are happening, we have this incredible opportunity to do His will. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the Bible talks about rewards that will be given in heaven uh, for, for doing the will of God. And so this is an unprecedented opportunity that we have to, to step into the destiny that the Lord has uh, prepared for us. Absolutely. Friend, who knows but what you are called to the kingdom for such a time as this? You. Yes, you. David had to deal with horrific battles. He said, many are they that rise up against me. Many are they that say of my soul, there's no hope for him in God. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of my head. But friends, we're going to have to get into the battle. But we got to get prepared first or we'll be destroyed. The Military Guide to Armageddon, battle-tested strategies to prepare your life and soul for the end time. $13, we'll put it in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org. Call us, 1-800-SAVE-USA, and become a partner. Friends, this is our opportunity to make a difference. Don't wait for the other guy to do it. Step up to the plate by faith, and let's get into the battle together. Go to our website, saveus.org. Make your generous gift there. Call us 1-800-SAVE-USA. Let's prepare the way of the Lord. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home. 